Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Finding Your Freedom podcast with me, Manoan. So happy to have you guys here. And if you're new to the show, this podcast is all about really rewriting your story and letting go of the past narratives that have come from society or your family system and really connecting to who were you before the world told you who you needed to be. So, so happy to have you guys here and kind of do that deep work so you can create relationships, a community, a job, a purpose, like all areas of your life that align and feel really good for you. So, so excited to have you guys here with me and have a really awesome guest episode for you guys this week and can't wait for more awesome guests to come on the podcast. Um, As far as business updates, like I said last week, you can book tarot and oracle card readings. Link in the show notes. Also can book the shorter coaching sessions that are 90 minutes and then three weeks to a month of follow-up over box mess or voice messaging. So by shorter, I mean (laughs) they are initially longer. Um, but then a shorter time period. And then I have three and six month coaching containers as well and more classes and different things to come. So stay tuned with that. Um, yeah, not going to really go into life updates right now. I feel like a lot more things in my life are coming together, um, but still in transitional periods and, you know, being patient and present and, you know, all the good things because we never really get there in life. We're always trying to get there and there is this imaginary construct that we have in our brains. (laughs) So feeling good and present and patient and just learning a lot in the present moment. Um, So yeah, I'll tell you guys more about this episode and really excited. (laughs) I think this episode, this episode will be 99 and then next week will be 100, which I'm really really excited for episode 100 and I have um, a really great topic. I've been playing more with the idea of what to do with my 100th episode because that's obviously like a super big deal. Um, Even bigger than two years. (laughs) But yeah, I think I have a good topic and we'll see if I do anything else fun for the 100th episode. Um, But yeah, today's episode, I was really intrigued when Katie and her team reached out to me. I'm always open to see, you know, how can we blend different healing systems from, you know, different indigenous practices, different, you know, Eastern traditions and medicine. How can we blend that with Western medicine and, you know, just be open to trying a lot of different things and maybe a lot of different things before um, signing up for pharmaceuticals. Not that those are bad, but just what can we do to expand our toolkit of tools (laughs) how can we expand our tools in healing and just help ourselves have a more expansive life move through grief and pain and sadness with more ease and just feel expanded feel like we are reaching our potential and being our fullest self in every way not just healing but you know (laughs) filling all the cracks and the crevices of your being with light and I really feel like that's Katie's mission and yeah I feel like this episode was just really amazing and we talked about things that I didn't exactly expect with Katie's story and 
you know, really the struggle and I don't even want to use the word struggle because that's negative, but the reality of becoming an entrepreneur and, you know, really being an expert in something takes time. And so many people give up before they see the progress of their dreams. And it took Katie a while, as she talks about in this episode. And now, yeah, she's really done a lot and has an amazing business and has supported so many people. So I hope that inspires you and I hope it inspires you as well to get some of her flower remedies from lotusway.com. But I'm just so grateful for Katie. And I hope when you listen to this episode, it just feels like a breath of fresh air and just so relaxing to your system because Katie's voice and her energy just radiates out and is so calming and so amazing. So I will tell you a little bit more about today's guest. So excited that Katie came on. So Katie Hess is a flower alchemist, author of Flower Evolution and founder of Lotus Way, one of the world's leading floral apothecaries. With her signature elixirs featured in O, the Oprah Magazine, the New York Times, and the LA Times, her flower-powered community is thriving. Katie teaches mindful, aware practices at flower lounge events around the world, hands out flowers to strangers in urban flower flash mobs, plus hosts the Flower Lounge podcast with listeners in over 75 countries. She's the founder of the Self-Arising Nature Center in Phoenix, Arizona, a center for flower essence, education experiences, and practitioner training. So that is today's guest just on a mission to get flowers to everyone and be able to have everyone harness their healing potential. So excited for you guys to dive into this one. And even if you're maybe a little bit skeptical, I think this episode will be the perfect episode to kind of pique that interest and get you more intrigued about everything. So I will let you guys get into the episode. Okay, so the first question that I ask everyone, because it's the Finding Your Freedom podcast, is what have you been finding your freedom from lately? And this could be, you know, finding your freedom from a mindset, from, you know, a belief system or something kind of bigger in your life. Man, you just like start out with a really deep one, eh? <laughs> yep. <laughs> well, if I'm really ruthlessly honest, and vulnerable. Mm, I would say that I'm finding my freedom from, uh, I don't want to say inner demons, but that's what comes to mind. Like um, when you discover things about yourself that are very deep inside that you don't know are there and like a particular external experience like arises or pops up in your life that brings these things to the surface that maybe your whole entire life you didn't know were there. 
Mm, and forces you to like face uh, like just like the most challenging of challenges. I would say I am in a position right now where I'm finding my freedom from the grip that the craziness has had on me for the last year or so. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's amazing insight. And I think that really speaks to me. I'm like in the process of like entering a new like romantic relationship. And it always seems like that, you know, that puts you face to face with your demons and ones that maybe in solitude you haven't had to think about or look at. And it's really uncomfortable to, to see those parts of ourselves and like love those parts of ourselves and kind of like move through them and like have compassion for them but not um pamper them yeah yeah not not become (laughs) them not (laughs) feel wrong for having these things that kept us safe you know at one time yeah definitely so that's super super beautiful and I definitely relate to that a lot but I'm so excited to get more you know, into your story and talk all about flowers because, you know, who does not love talking about flowers? Flowers for <laughs> um, freedom. Flowers, flowers for freedom. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So I'd love to hear like, you know, how did you get into these flower remedies or like kind of your story with that or yeah, just kind of how you found flowers and how you've turned flowers into kind of your healing modality in the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, at a very young age, I was like, I, I had this like really deep yearning to work on a big project. And I just like, I, you know, at seven years old, only child stuck in a small town, like, what can you do but wait in frustration? Um, and the only reason why I share that is because I think it's just like, it was so much pent up energy to the, to the point where in, when I graduated college, I was just like, ah! I got to figure out what am I doing here, you know? And so I left the country. Um, I ended up living out of the country for several years in different countries and traveled around a lot. And I ran into an expert in flower essences. He was from Spain, but I was in Mexico. And it was this crazy coincidental kind of event that led me to meet him. And I um, just immediately knew like, oh, I, I could devote the rest of my life. I, so oh, it's almost like the seven-year-old in me just like plugged into the wall of something that I could devote myself to for the rest of my life. Because he said, if, if 3% of the world's population were, you know, actively working with these remedies, it would change the future of the planet. And it was like that longing as a child to do something really meaningful and connect with my people it just like all kind of fell into place. Um, and that was the beginning. <laughs> yeah. I, I relate to that so much. And like the way you're describing it, it's like when you have these coincidental experiences that come into your life that are like part of your personal legend, part of your life purpose, it's kind of like, I don't know exactly how to describe it, but the way you're describing it, it's kind of like this initiation, this like fire, the spark within you where it's like, this is, this is my thing. And those moments where you meet people along your path are like so special and so meaningful. So yeah, it's really cool to hear that. And I relate to your story as well, being, um, you know, from a small town town and just, you know, always like, why am I here? Like, what am I doing? And then graduating college and being like, oh my gosh, 
what is, what is this life about? What is this world about? It all seems so weird and like, you know, disconnected from the planet, disconnected from truth, disconnected from really helping and healing people. And yeah, I think it's just really amazing to kind of hear your story. And I'm really excited to kind of talk about flowers and um, come from kind of like a Western medical background and love hearing about kind of like both sides and how can we supplement that system in the ways that it doesn't where, you know, it puts band-aids instead of, I think sometimes the, sometimes the purpose is to kind of alleviate symptoms versus Mm -hmm. how can we live like at our fullest potential? How can we not just get to a point where clinically we're okay, but we're thriving after this trauma or this like painful experience? Boom. Yes. So yeah, I would love to hear like from there after meeting this guy and hearing more about flowers, what was that process kind of like from there? Oh God. I mean, if I, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, if you would have known how much time and effort it's going to take you to get there, you know, I'm just so glad I didn't know. (laughs) I'm so glad I didn't know. Like maybe when you're little, you know, you wish somebody would say, you will need them. Don't worry. You'll meet the right people. You'll get to the right place. Just be patient. But you really don't want someone to say like, it's going to take a couple decades. <laughs> um, yeah. So to answer your question, I got back to the States and I was like, cool, I'm going to devote the rest of my life to this. And I'm diving back into the United States. This is going to be amazing. So I came back and it was like, mm, wow, that was like before meditation was cool. Yoga was not yet cool in 2001. Mm, you know, people thought what I did was just like snake oil. Like I was trying to fool them or something, you know? <laughs> and, um, it, 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 you know, honestly, I just like, I put in so many hours and I was just like stubbornly persistent. I, do, I don't have any real entrepreneurial background. I just like forced myself to, you know, teach myself to grow a business And I think honestly, what I was doing that whole, like the last 20 some years of training was just preparing myself to get to a point where the the whole rest of the population could kind of like catch up a little bit. And then I could be ready to meet them and match them with a little more experience. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I was actually, I was listening to some of the podcasts you've been on. um, And I always feel like when I'm doing research or when I'm having these conversations with guests, like I feel like you always hear what you need to hear, you know, in an episode or when you're even researching. And when I was hearing you kind of say the thing about like 10,000 or like 20,000 kind of hours to master something, I've been in an experience of like, oh, I've been doing this for like two years. Why isn't like everything all together? And it's like, you know, it's just like when you find your thing and your purpose, like it's a, it's a devotion. It's like a long-term like chipping away and you know, sometimes everything kind of happens at once, but it's a lot of work behind the scenes before all of that work you've been putting in for years is visible. So I think that story definitely is going to resonate with a lot of people as well. Well, and you know, who really honestly wants to hear about an overnight success? You know, like I I don't really want that. Like I want the richness of, you know, when you were like toiling away in the middle of the night, doing some proposal for some big deal that you thought you were going to get, but then ended up not getting, you know, I want to know about, 
you know, moms who are like breastfeeding at four in the morning and like so tired, their eyes are, you know, closing and they can barely function. Like this is the richness of life. We don't, we don't take like a weekend course in X, Y, Z, and then become an expert by Monday. Like, I, I don't know. I think we kind of actually have a bit of more of like a love affair with things that take time. You know, this, the Japanese sword maker who's been doing it for 50 years and is still improving his methods. I don't know. There's kind of a magic to that, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like there's a beauty to that of, of the slow labor of it taking longer of like, you know, letting things kind of unfold in the time that they're meant to. And I, I think that's been a lesson for me lately of, you know, like everything that I'm learning is all part of the end goal or the end picture. And there never really is an end. And like, how beautiful is it to be like laboring away at this like purpose or this like life purpose that you know is right, even if no one else can like see the well, end goal. And what you're doing actually is you're growing yourself. You're not actually growing a business. You know, you're growing yourself. Cause I, I firmly believe that a, a business or an entity, a company can only be as good as the person running it at the top. And especially if you're in a business that's around personal growth, like we're in the business of flower essences to accelerate your potential. Like you said, I can't not, you know, consistently put focus in that area of my own personal life because I'm leading this ship. So I have to walk my talk. I can't gloss over it and put like sprinkled sugar on a pile of dog shit, you know, like I have to like do the work too. Um, so I, yeah, I love the, the time and that it takes to, to really grow yourself and then you can meet people in a more profound way as you, as you evolve. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I feel like, as you know, just in the, the field of personal development and personal growth, I feel like you can you can feel the subtle energy of someone that has just tried or gotten success very quickly or tried to like gloss over versus the feeling of someone that is devoted to something. And it's like a grounded wisdom feeling versus like you said, like sprinkling sugar over, over dog shit. It's a different <laughs> feeling, um, but I'd love to get into kind of the conversation of, you know, what, like, what are these flower essences? You know, what are they used for? And, you know, kind of relating this to, you know, potentially like a need in our society for kind of like alternative treatments or like, how does this supplement the healthcare system we have or completely mm -hmm. kind of step away from that in terms of like psychiatry or really, really mm -hmm. anything we have going on. And also just out of curiosity, I'm curious what your major was in college, if you went to college. Yeah. <laughs> If I were my, yeah, I don't know. How do I say that? If I were going back now, or if I were that age now, I probably wouldn't go to college. But at the time it was sociology, Spanish, Latin American studies with a minor in women's studies. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Makes sense. <laughs> I think if I could do it today, I would, you know, just like sign up for a traditional Chinese medicine school at age 16 or something. <clears throat> yeah amazing <laughs> yeah I feel like it's interesting to look back to look back on the schooling aspects and be like that makes sense in my story and that was like a stepping stone along the way to me like finding a part of my path yeah 
for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But so to answer your questions, I mean, one of the things that came up when you were asking about how, you know, when I came back, one of the biggest shockers when I came back into the country was that a most people in the United States didn't know what flower remedies were and, and still don't actually most, I think we're at about where essential oils were in like the eighties, maybe the hippie moms were using lavender oil, but not all moms like today. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And so people didn't know what they were. And then the other thing is that the solutions to stress in our culture are pharmaceuticals. So like, I remember reading the articles and just going like, what? Like one in six American adults is on some kind of like antidepressant or anti-anxiety medication. Wait, huh? You know, and then you like, look, cause you look around and that's a number that you can really easily conceive of. And that in the entire planet of all the countries that exist here, there are 10 million kids taking ADHD medications and 7 million of those children are in the United States. So we're really in, into this culture of like taking a pill for sleeping and feeling better and boosting our mood. And then that comes with all these crazy side effects, right? That then you have to take, you know, to mitigate that as well. So at a certain point, it just seems like a train wreck. And I, you know, deeply appreciate allopathic medicine for what it is and have benefited greatly from it in the past, but for heart and state of mind and growth and inner world, I think we've failed people in that system, you know? Uh, And when you look at something natural like flower remedies where there are no side effects except for feeling more clear and more happy and sleeping better, you know? Um, And it's gentle and pregnant moms can take them and babies can take them and your pets can take them. It's like, why are we doing this more? often, you know, for something that's so powerful. I mean, I think that was the thing that got me in the beginning. Like I never thought I would have a product line until I worked with people one-on-one for so long that I was like, this is insane. Like I cannot keep quiet about this because people were coming into my office, leaving, coming back a month later, they look different, their faces, you know, we do before and after pictures and videos, or I'd say like, call yourself and listen to your voicemail and hear your, the difference in your voice. You know, it was just stunning. And I was like, how come not everyone in the world has access to this? This is crazy. Um, so, I mean, we can talk more in depth about, about exactly what they are and how they work. Um, but I think that there's huge opportunity, especially now, you know, after the last couple of years, people are really looking for something that's going to inspire them and wake up all the parts of them that are fearless and strong and loving and have something to give in this kind of weird world of unknown that we're in. Yeah. And I think it just goes back to like society and culture and, you know, turning to Western medicine with any type of problem is so normalized and like turning towards alternative kind of treatments, it's thought that they're like in competition with each other when it should just all be kind of all together at our disposal for growth and healing. And, you know, I think there's messaging that's like, oh, you're just doing all these hippie remedies. And it's like, let's go to things that are lighter and gentler Mm -hmm. first. 
you know, and work our way up if we need something that does have all of these side effects. Um, so yeah, I just completely mirror that as well. Like, you know, if you could take a flower essence that has really no side effects and start to feel better. And I think something I wanted to address too, before we get into kind of like how they work or what we could use them for is like, I'm sure you've encountered like a decent amount of like skeptics in, you know, your day to this process. Like, what do you say to skeptics? And I was even thinking about this with doing this episode, like, you know, it's kind of like a similar thing with like most medicines are made, you know, from plants. A lot of medicines come from plants naturally, not not all of them, but some of them come from plants and like St. John's wort is something that's used for depression and mushrooms and all the research we're doing now on that benefit for mental health. Like what do you say to help kind of like lead people into openness for this conversation? Yeah. I mean, I absolutely love and adore skeptics. I think that (laughs) I do. Honestly, I think that is a quality that we need more of in the United States. We don't have enough critical thinking. We need more critical thinkers. We do. We need people who question things. You can't just believe anything that somebody tells you or that you read in a book or you read online or you Google it. Google is God now, right? And Google mm-hmm. is like all the all-knowing truth. No, right? What happened to like our critical minds and our, our body of experience? So I welcome skeptics. And then I just say the best way to find out is to try it yourself. Don't listen to me. Don't listen to someone in a white coat. Don't listen to any of us. Don't listen to Madeline. <laughs> try it yourself. Like try it. And then you really can't deny your own experience because you just know what's right for you. Yeah. And I think that's the most powerful. And I actually had a um, psychiatrist on and we were talking about some of the limits of Western medicine that we, you know, we measure things and we measure data based on like what we can see versus like a lot of like mushrooms as well. And like these flower essences, you take them and you feel better or you feel different in a way that can't really be communicated in measurements in the body that science describes. It's like a, it's a knowingness in yourself. And I think that is really powerful. Like if you have the interest, just try and see for yourself and be skeptical and be a critical thinker. And I definitely relate to that. There are not a lot of people that are asking questions. I think more, there are more in the past couple of years that definitely are starting to. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I understand what you're saying about, you know, all the different types and forms of medicine going hand in hand together, because if someone came into my office with broken bones, I would never say, you know, well, here, just take a flower essence and you'll be fine. Do we have flower essences that stimulate self-healing and stimulate growth of tissue and bones? Yes. I would say combine this together with this, you know, but if someone came in and said, I have cancer, I would never say, oh, just take self-heal flower and you'll be just fine because there, you know, you have to understand the way that the body works. Um, it's like the projector with the screen, the, the projector projects the images on the screen, the body is the screen. So in order for something to manifest in the physical body, it had to have gone through the etheric bodies you know, all the energetic fields that surround us, the emotional, the mental. And if we don't want to see it and we repress it, 
um, you know, combined with other lifestyle factors, then it turns up as a red flag in the physical body. Then we need more physical remedies like herbs. Um, but yeah, I mean, I see all of it working hand in hand together. Yeah, definitely. And I think kind of relating to flower ribbonese as well, like my um, grandma, like has cancer and in her own way, she's been like combining spiritual healing with also, you know, taking her cancer treatments because it's been shown in cancer. If you decrease your stress levels, you know, tumor size even like reduces. So why not combine like flower remedies and just meditation, you know, um, kind of like mindset work with these treatments for things like that as well. Absolutely. I mean, I think sometimes just hearing stories about other people. Like I had a small tumor in my breast once and um, worked with a, a, wow. I mean, this guy, he used his voice and sound um, to identify what the material was that was creating it. It was on a birth control pill that was causing kind of this like stop, right? Um, and I was healed like in, a, in a, a month or two. So, you know, I hear of other people using frankincense oil for brain tumors. And I mean, I think there's, there, there's like, what we know is just the tip of the iceberg, right? And it's so helpful to hear other people's stories of, of, of kind of spontaneous healing or, or healing through many modalities because we realize actually life is pretty magical and our bodies are really full of wisdom and they know what to do. If we just provide them with the right conditions, oftentimes they will respond. Definitely. I think that's so powerful. And I was like reflecting today when I kind of like first started my healing journey and healing experience and like, I guess just the personality I am, I'm like, I'm going to explore every avenue of what healing is and every modality, but kind of going back to like mindset is the most powerful um part of healing like belief belief is such a powerful piece of healing as well and then like being open to trying all these different things but I'd love to hear as well like what um I took your flower quiz today which I'm definitely going to link that in the bio because that was super fun um but you know like if someone's like, what is an experience someone could be having that they turn to flowers, um, you know, like fatigue or stress, or when should someone be looking to potentially kind of use a flower remedy? Mm -hmm. uh, it could be something as simple as like, I would like to sleep better or feel happier or feel more, more fulfilled or like there's something that's kind of missing, but I don't quite know what it is or I really am challenged with this or like I'm impatient or I'm angry or there's something right. Um, more kind of urgent survival mode. I'm depressed. I'm sad. Um, or life is pretty good, but yeah, I am kind of interested in like unpacking what's in the closet or, you know, how experiences I had when I was a kid created self-limiting patterns that arise from time to time. And how can I break through them? and attain a greater level of freedom, fearlessness, generosity, love, expansion. Um, you know, or even just like, like look at the last few years, how many people have had to face whether it's world events stimulated. And if it's not world events, then I can assure you it's personal life events. I've talked to so many people have had kind of a rough run in the last couple of years. Um, could be anything from like, 
I don't feel like I belong in my community or I've, I've been ousted or I, um, I don't know which way forward. I don't know where I'm going. You know, there's so many like themes that are arising um, more recently that I think a lot of us, even as a collective are experiencing together. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's super powerful. And as you are like listing out kind of all of those themes, I'm like, why I want all of those things and like how amazing to kind of like have something to turn to for that. And even like, even if I think there's like some sort of society, like, um, kind of energy in our culture where it's like, we're not going to try and like fix something until it's quote bad enough but why not just modify, you know, you, you sit with yourself in the most like subtle way and use a remedy to, um, make slight modifications towards like reaching your highest potential versus letting something get so bad that it's like, um, you know, a major problem. Yeah. I had a Tibetan teacher tell me once I was so bummed. He was like, uh, life is like a snake in a bamboo pole. And you're either making a concerted effort every day and that snake is going up the the bamboo or you're just kind of status quo. Like you're just kind of hanging out, right? Like you're just neutral. Like, let me just kind of stay like how I am. And he said the, the, the momentum of the sort of like patterns that we have, the snake goes down the bamboo pole. I was like, damn. You know, there's like no coasting. There's no coasting. There's no neutral. There's no like, ah, maybe I won't put in effort today. (laughs) I'm not saying don't rest, but um, yeah, it makes a difference. Definitely. I was going to say too, I feel like, um, I feel like I heard you say this kind of in another podcast that they kind of have like anti-aging effects or just like give you a glow. And I was just going to say your skin is like super beautiful. (laughs) Thank you. That's so sweet. Yeah. It's pretty stunning. We've never marketed flower remedies for anti-aging, but I mean, like if you look at the before and after pictures, people tend to look younger and then they just keep looking younger and younger. It's bizarro it's really bizarre but if you think about it right you're not holding all that like stress and tension in the muscles of your face so it it just liberates all of that uh yeah it's like a nice side effect (laughs) yeah is it with kind of all the flower remedies yeah okay yeah that's that's amazing so I guess for someone that's like this sounds interesting I'm I'm intrigued I feel like I'm having kind of um, a certain like issue in an area of my life. I want to, you know, love my body more or unpack these traumas or like whatever it is. Like, what would you say for the, the how behind this works or how do you think of what happens kind of like when this enters your body or yeah. It takes anywhere from, I mean, typically you notice a difference within three to five days. You'll just feel like, "Hmm, I wonder if that's it. You know, like you, you walk outside and you hear the birds singing differently, or you just get this kind of different sensation. That's like, mm, something used to really bug me. And that's something like, if it happens, I'm like, huh, it doesn't really bother me. You know, like the sense of ease. Um, so you'll start noticing that within a few days. And then it takes about 
two weeks for it to just fully circulate throughout your system. Um, and that's kind of like the honeymoon period. You just notice this like relief, like it just takes the edge off of life. And the more that you keep taking them, the more surprised you get because you notice, because we know we create our reality by what's in here, right? So when we shift all the interior landscape workings of ourselves, what's reflected back to us from the external world is so different. So about the four month mark, people start noticing, um, you know, their jobs change or their relationships change or they seek out different friendships or, you know, something starts to really crank because on the inside, they feel different. Yeah. Something I thought of when you were kind of describing, describing this feeling. And I think I've like experienced this maybe from like other um, just modifications to self and other ways of healing is like, it's kind of the energy of like when you're falling in love with someone, but the plant and the flower is helping you fall in love with your existence, with life, with nature, Mm -hmm. which is like taking just like connecting us back to like our truest self and the the truth of life and the experience of like love and potential that we get to feel every day like no matter the outcomes i think something you said on another podcast is um these flower remedies they don't suppress what is going around us but they help kind of hold our hand and guide us through rites of passages or grief or loss or these really hard human experiences we have and even like, you know, feel the pain of grief, but also almost feel bliss in our capacity to feel so deeply um, the pain we experience as humans. Yeah. I, I mean, as you're talking, I'm thinking, you know, that childlike wonder that we have as kids when you're little and you're just, I mean, you could be living in a city playing with weeds in the alley or, you know, or living out in the country and everything is just like miracle and amazing and so rich and full of energy and life. And, um, you know, if I ask people like, go back to your childhood and think of a flower that was really meaningful to you, you know, people just like become radiant talking about it. And somewhere along the line, we kind of lose that awareness of that kind of wonder right Um, and so like you said flower essences help bring that back and mm, make all of the hard experiences that we go through in life just a little bit easier and help us get the wisdom from them yeah definitely I feel like um I say this, I, I feel like you're, like I said, like your physical appearance, this like kind of glow that I feel from you. And then like, even like the way your voice sounds, and I'm sure you're taking a bunch of different <laughs> flower essences and remedies. <laughs> it's just a testament to like, I can just feel the like waves of like calm, kind of grounded energy kind of like coming off of you. Oh yeah. The, the, I always ask for podcasts that the flowers may um, speak through me. So <laughs> I feel it happening. I do. Um, Yeah. And I think that's just so 
so beautiful. And I think something that I thought about a lot in like my healing and moving away from all these like societal norms and just opening up to a different type of potential of life in this world is, you know, how magical to connect back to like using flowers for our healing or, you know, all these things as kids that brought us so much wonder and so much love and um, yeah, just so much joy. Like we only know a fraction of what we know and there's like so much potential in this world and so much support because I think oftentimes we we get into a head trip you know something is like really disturbing us and then we think we can figure it out by thinking about it and we get all tied up in knots and we forget that you know mother nature is a living entity we're not on a dead rock flying through space you know we're on earth as a living entity and if you if you feel challenged by something, if you just go outside and sit next to a a bush or under a tree or next to a flower, or like look up at the wide expanse of the sky or the ocean or mountains, you know, nature, it's so vast. And in that moment, it's kind of like we get a glimpse of that vastness. And in some ways we feel so small and then our problems sometimes feel so small, but in the smallness, um, you know, one of my teachers said, when you feel so, when you feel like such a loser that you're just like nothing but a speck of dirt, then you become the earth. You become that vastness. You know, when you feel so small and then you see the bigness of nature, it's like a reflection of you when you realize, wow, I, I am like the sky. I, my mind has the potential to be like the sky. You know, and, and, and even after 20 some years of meditation and devotion to flower essences, I still have moments, you know, I go outside and the head is going trip, 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 trip. And then I just try to soften and notice my breath. And I'm looking at the pomegranate flowers and the tree leaves. And it just sort of like unhooks you from the tightness. It unhooks you from the grasping and the Um, you know, that your little commitment to whatever your story is. (laughs) And it's like, whoa, there's like a whole freedom in the spaciousness out here. And then sometimes a beautiful breeze will come up and you just feel like, my God, here I am in this little head of mine. And I'm actually not alone. If I just step out of this mental box, there's like a whole world out here that is just waiting to support me. Yeah. And it's such a big sense of peace. And I think I find peace too. in, you know, like life and nature's like bigger plan than the plans and stories that I can create in my head that it's like, it's all unfolding for me. And I really don't, you know, I have some level of control. I have free will, but it's all unfolding for me and it's all unfolding exactly as it's meant to. And I, I don't know the lessons yet, but you know, everything is unfolding exactly as it was meant to. And, you know, I think nature always reminds us of that. Yeah. But I don't think we completely explained how the, how the flowers get into our body. Flower essences, right. I mean, (laughs) most people get them confused with essential oils. So they're, they're, they're quite different. Um, Essential oils have a really strong scent. And they're like juice compressed or distilled from the plant. Whereas flower essences are 
more um, energetic in nature, just the life force of the plant, like homeopathic. Definitely. So you feel as if they work on more kind of like an energy level versus like within. Yeah. Yeah, And actually it's not a new concept. It's been around forever. So in many, many cultures all over the world, you can see um, you know, shamans, medicine men, doctors telling their patients to go find this little flower around this bend that's this color and it looks like this and drink the dewdrops from the tops of that flower every morning. Because the dewdrops in the water, the water is like a recording device and it holds all of the information from that flower. If that sounds totally crazy to the skeptics, then I usually will talk about a cell phone and say, how does your cell phone work? And if someone had said, Madeline, when you're a kid, you're going to carry around this little box and it's going to emit these invisible waves and riding like a magic carpet on these invisible waves through space that you can't see. You can send your podcasts and poetry and music and videos and images. And how the hell does that work? Right. And if, if, if this has just developed in the last, you know, since we've been alive, the last few generations, what makes us so proud and egotistical to think that mother nature that who's 4.5 billion years old hasn't had this technology all along. And just because we don't see it, it doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. We know our cell phones work and we can't see the stuff floating through space. Yeah. And I think too, it goes to, cause I, I feel like I'm always trying to like for any type of skeptic, bring it back to some piece of science that we do know, or it's some part of it that um, sort of relates to this, but you know, it does all relate to physics and what we know about electromagnetism and different currents and different fields and, you know, the electricity and the currents of the nervous system. And we know that certain plants have these currents as well. And even if we don't completely understand how that works and how that affects us, it's the same thing with energy of certain people that you can feel the energies when you go into a room. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, in the same way that you go to a gathering, there are certain people that you just want to be close to and some that you just don't. Um, It's even in our language, right? Like that, that resonates with me or that struck a chord with me. And the same thing is happening in nature. That's like, you know, studies coming out of universities are showing that bees are actually not drawn to flowers based on color or scent that they're having this little communication between electrical frequencies being emitted from the flower. And it doesn't take a scientist to tell us, don't put the hairdryer in your bathtub because electricity moves really quickly through water, right? But if you have these really subtle, gentle, pure, beautiful electrical frequencies from flowers, they're also moving really quickly through the waters of your body and therefore can help you feel better. Yeah, I think that's really cool and really beautiful to think of. And I remember I took a class in college related to like the ocean and, you know, to relate it back to nature as well, like um, sea turtles, you know, they use the electromagnetic field of the earth to kind of figure out where they're going. And they have like aspects of their body that tell them how to go back to the same beaches every, every season. (laughs) Natural innate GPS. Yes. (laughs) So it's like, you know, there's so much that we don't know. And, you know, we we have become so arrogant to think that science can explain absolutely every part of the human experience. And 
maybe at some point it will, but science is not, science as we know it is not that old. You know, Western medicine, science and research is not that old. To think it could explain everything is silly. Well, we don't ask science to explain love either. You know, like we feel love. Where is love? Like if I have a really loving thought about you, where is that? You can't see that. There's no like cloud of love, right? Mm -hmm. You feel it. So we, and we, we, we don't need a scientist to tell us about love and some of the best things in life can't be seen. They're just felt. Yeah. And I think too, I don't know how much you know about my background, but I I have a master's in neuroscience and I used to work in research and like scanning people's brains. Mm -hmm. Um, and in studies, yeah, you can, you can like kind of see love in the brain, which is exciting or cool. And I'm sure if someone was taking these flower remedies, you could see subtle changes or subtle modifications. And I think neuroscience is a cool field where it can kind of try to understand a little bit of these unseen human experiences. But I do think even, um, you know, not everything can be seen and just brain activity in the brain. Like there's, there's, there are things that are also happening that are unseen, that are unknowable, that are affecting our body, that are you know, changing us in ways that we can't even understand. And that's, that's beautiful. And that's like also the mystery of life that we don't need to understand everything. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look at the beauty of a flower or the beauty of a child being born. I mean, mind blowing, right? Or the beauty of death, the beauty of transition of someone leaving and changing shape and form. There's so much that we, if we just kind of surrender to the unknown, it's a little easier. Yeah. Versus like trying to have a, a death grip on life, on our thoughts and understanding and controlling everything. You're going to constantly be in those loops in your brain. <laughs> yeah. For sure. But um, yeah, I guess one of my last questions or last two questions was, have you, I think you've said you kind of have given the flower remedies to potential skeptics. Cause I, I think like, you know, what about placebo effects? But it sounds like a lot of people have taken these that did not believe they were going to work and were, you know, astounded at the benefits as well. Yeah. I mean, I love skeptics. It's actually quite fun because <laughs> skeptics are usually the, they become the most gung ho when they actually figure out that it, it works for them. Um, and it's really kind of a sweet process, but I, I'll oftentimes share that when, like in the first decade of my business, when I was just seeing clients one-on-one and, you know, think early two thousands, like, you know, people were even much more skeptical then. the yoga wasn't even cool then. Uh, and most of my clients, we'd chat, we'd have the intake, it'd be an hour and a half. They'd get to the door, they'd be leaving, they'd have their remedy in hand. And they would be like, I really like you, Katie, you're so nice. But I don't really think this is going to work. <laughs> and I always thought like, wow, you have the, you know, the gall to tell me that, like, I appreciate that direct honesty. And I would say, it's okay. You don't have to believe in it. That's the beauty part of it. You, you don't have to believe in it. You can think this is not going to work and just commit to taking it five times a day and come back and see me in a month and tell me, you know, what your life is like or what you've noticed. And without fail, they'd all come back and just be like, what the heck is this stuff? How does it work? You know, cause they would just be so surprised. Um, and granted 
if there is placebo, great. Like we'll take it. You know, if someone thinks like, if I do this, I'll become happier. Okay. We'll, we'll take placebo. There's, I have no problem with placebo, but on the same token, I've seen thousands of people not believe in something and still have it work. So it's great. Yeah. I think that's so exciting. And I had a podcast a couple months ago, I guess about astrology. And he kind of said, um, a similar thing, which I think is so important. It's like, you know, I implement this in my own life. And when I implement this, my life works better. I feel better. You know, I feel expanded at my full potential. And that's just like, that's what it is. And allowing people to be skeptical and try it and be like, whoa, this thing actually really makes my life a lot better. Um, it helps me understand myself. It helps me feel more in tuned and more alive. And I'm, I'm thinking of... <laughs> He's going to laugh that I mentioned this, but I'm thinking of my boyfriend where I like have kind of gotten him into astrology and he's like, this really makes a lot of sense. This really gives me more of an understanding of myself. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and that's like, the key is knowing yourself, right? I mean, if, if, if your boyfriend brought you like a huge bouquet of peonies or what's your favorite flower? Uh, roses. Okay. He brought you the most luscious like bunch of all your favorite colors of roses and you're just like wow and like there the smell is like taking you like who's going to tell you oh that's just placebo you don't actually feel better (laughs) it's like what (laughs) you think they're crazy you know you know yourself (laughs) yeah that would be so funny if one of my friends is like that's placebo it's not (laughs) (laughs) you don't actually feel better (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. I guess, I guess the thing I wanted to end on kind of related to that as well is I took, I took your quiz and I'm blanking on exactly what the right name was, but it was something like inner wisdom or boundless wisdom or inner knowing inner knowing that's, that was the essence that I got. Um, and it was kind of saying how I'm going through like a big life transition and there's been like a lot of things going on and um, that would kind of like help connect me to being grounded in the face of kind of like all these changes, which really resonated with me a lot. And I thought was so interesting because in the quiz, and I hope everyone that listens to this episode takes it because it's fun. You're just kind of clicking on pictures of flowers that resonate with you. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. That's like, uh, I think a lot of people are in that position too. I mean, I think all of us in some little way feel that like um, sensation of you're in a dark room and you're kind of feeling your way around. And if, and you, you kind of get the sense if you just take one step, if you get to where you're going for that one step, then when you're there, you'll know where the next step goes. But sometimes it's just overwhelming because there's so much unknown and you get like paralysis, like, oh, how's it all going to turn out? Am I really going to, am I lost? Am I lost? <laughs> right. Or you can't do that. Or that's never been done before. Um, so to like allow yourself to sink into the truth of your being that you'll know when you get there is kind of a whole different mentality. And I think one that a lot more of us in the collective are leaning into at this moment in time. Amazing. Well, I'm really excited to try it and to potentially get one um I'm sure it says on the bottle but is it it's five times a day or what is the yeah or you can just put a big dropper in your water bottle and 
drink it out of your water. Okay. Yeah, that's exciting. Well, I'm really excited to try and report back to you and definitely report back to the podcast to see how that goes. But um, yeah, thank you so much. I'll send you some. And then we have um, we have blends with aromatherapy in them too. So you can like mist it and don't put the oils on. So we'll just send you like a whole inner knowing kit and you can try it out for a few weeks. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, that's so exciting. I was saying um, as well, I went to kind of like a witchy store apothecary in New Orleans because I used to live there and I got I just happened to pick up like a jasmine oil and I've been wearing it for a while. And I heard you on a podcast say that it was related to like loving your body and body image. And I feel like, um, I feel like I really have been embodying that since kind of wearing that oil. And it was interesting to kind of hear you say that. And for me to be like, yeah, I I think I have felt like that since wearing it, like even more just like loving towards myself in that way. I love that. <laughs> you too. Well, it was so great to meet you. Um, you're just a breath of fresh air and I'm just so excited for everyone that listens to the podcast to give your remedies a try. Um, so thank you so much. Can I ask you one question? Sure. Where are you finding your freedom right now? Mm. I think my answer is similar to to your answer and I also love that you asked me this because no one has ever turned the question really around on me especially at the end of a podcast (laughs) Um, but I think my question my answer to that is similar to yours but I think I'm finding my freedom in letting go of past demons related to being in a relationship and being loved I'm learning to let love and let partnership in and let go of all these stories of um, independent Madeline, or I'm going to be alone forever. And that's where I'm better off. And, you know, all these stories that I thought were so cool and so empowering and actually were just a lot of armor to keep me from ever letting love in. So I think I'm finding freedom in surrendering to letting love in and surrendering to letting go of the way I think life is supposed to be or the plans I had and letting it unfold in a more beautiful way that's different than I could have imagined that's so precious (laughs) thank you (laughs) thank you for sharing yeah you're welcome thank you so much for asking and yeah thank you so much for coming on the podcast this yeah it's just been really great my pleasure thank you so much Madeline you're welcome